0: Well, the title of my message today, You Are Not Going to Believe What I Heard. Sermon today is about gossip. If you have your Bible this morning, we're in Proverbs 11:13. Proverbs 11:13. A gossiper reveals secrets, but he who has a faithful spirit conceals a matter. This morning we need to think together about this. It's an important topic I have never preached on this before. Somebody uh, wrote me a little note and said, why don't you preach on gossip? And I thought, well, I don't have anything juicy. (laughs) Well, I hope this will be helpful. We need to examine the accuracy of the information we share with someone as well as our motives in telling the story. Those two things. If we are not sure about the integrity of the story, that should be enough to stop us from sharing it. Every once in a while, you know, our gossiping will turn around and bite us. I don't know if you've ever had that happen. Mildred was the church uh, gossip in her hometown church. She was the self-appointed arbiter of all of the morals of every member of the church. She kept sticking her nose into other members' personal lives. Church members were unappreciative of all that she was doing, but feared her enough to maintain her silence. She made a mistake, however, when she accused George who was a new member of the church, of being an alcoholic after she saw his pickup truck parked in front of the town's only bar one afternoon for four hours. She commented to George and others that everyone seen there would know what he was doing and what he was. George, a man of very few words stared at her for a moment and then just walked away he didn't explain or defend or deny anything that she had said he said nothing he just turned and walked away later that evening about nine thirty, George quietly parked his pickup truck in front of Mildred's house And left it there all night. (laughs) For some people, the presumption is that if the accuracy of the information is substantiated, it's confirmed, then sharing it is not gossip. It's just the truth. If you were to ask them, But there is a second factor at play, and that is the motive that we have in sharing the story. Even if a story is verified to be true, if we are sharing it with a motive to hurt the person or to tarnish their reputation, or if we are doing it just because we want to be the very first to share the juicy news, Our motive is bad, and we should not do it. I have three points. The first point, why do we gossip? We seldom think about the implications uh, for the person that we are gossiping about. I'm sure you've seen this uh, on television, that every once in a while some middle school uh, kid across the country or high school kid or even young adult, uh, will have some story told about them that's not true, and yet everybody in their school has heard the story, and everybody looks at them and points at them and all that sort of thing, and they kind of talk about uh, uh, them behind their back. We all have seen those kind of things happen. And, of course, the child then goes home and cries and tells the parents that, uh, they wish that they could just move to some other place, and of course, the parents don't want to move because they have jobs, and so to their surprise, a couple of days later, their child commits suicide. This has happened time and time and time again across our country. Sometimes, uh, folks, when they have bad things said about them, they just want to move. You know, they don't want to try and Argue about it or try and put an article in the newspaper that they're innocent or something like that. They just think, well, this thing is overwhelming and everybody's thinking that's the truth, so I'm just going to move. So they have to quit their job and resettle, and it is a tremendous problem. Years ago, when I was pastoring in Tempe, Arizona, there was a man in our church that was a fine, fine man. He uh, was a Sunday school teacher in our children's division, and he was a deacon in our church, outstanding family man. One morning I was real surprised when I woke up and looked in the newspaper. His picture was on the front page of the local newspaper. Two children in the neighborhood had accused him of uh, molesting them, and he was arrested. And taken to jail. As soon as I saw that, I called him on the phone. And I said uh, his name. I said, tell me uh, what's going on. He said, well, there's two kids in the neighborhood here that I don't let just run around and tear up my yard and uh, do this and that. Uh, They've made a big mess here a lot of times. So I got after them. So they dreamed up this story that they were going to tell. And they told it to the police. And the police came and arrested me. He said, Ron, this is not true, but I don't know what in the world I'm going to do to defeat it. The next week, he resigned his Sunday school position. He resigned as being a deacon of our church. And this thing went on and on and on for two years. And then on page 27 down at the very bottom of the page, there was a little paragraph that said, Mr. So-and-so was found not guilty of anything. But of course, the damage had already been done, and there wasn't any way to gather it back up as if it had never happened. We uh, think... uh, if we're inclined to gossip, that we want to be the first one to spread the news so we will be the one to get the credit for being in the know. And we want to be in the know. We want to be in the loop uh, that knows all what's going on in town. And so we say it first, say it loudly, to get others to share their gossip with us uh, when they have some new news Uh, they certainly want to hear it. Well, if you have been in a room and someone pulled out their iPhone and started uh, recording, you know, of course, that you would start acting differently and talking differently because you knew that you were being recorded and you didn't want to say anything uh, that would give you trouble later on. Any lawyer can tell you that uh, when you go to court, you can tell uh, the people's uh, difference in how they answer questions Uh, when the stenographer is recording every word that they're saying for the court records, and it becomes a part of permanent records, everything that was said. So the person uh, speaks slowly. Because they want to make sure that they don't say anything that's going to come back and bite them. We need to realize that we are also being recorded, quote unquote, by our Heavenly Father. He knows everything that we say, He hears everything that we say. And certainly, we want to be careful about everything that we say many Christians divide sins up into the really bad ones and most uh, folks would say well murder doesn't get any worse than that and adultery that's real bad murder and adultery those are the real bad ones." and then they think well there are the not so bad ones like envy and pride and materialism and gossip the sin of gossip is deemed excusable by many folks who consider themselves to be mature Christians. They say, well, you know, I heard this. Uh, Have you heard anything about it? Do you think that's true? You know, and they and their maturity are causing all kinds of problems for the person that it was said about. These verses that we're going to look at today speak against that and the point, and they point out the seriousness of the sin and the reality that it is a test of each of our spiritual maturity. It's very important. Proverbs six, sixteen speaks of things that God hates. And the last one is someone who sows discord among the brethren. When we stir up trouble within the church with our gossip, we are putting ourselves in the line of the wrath of God. It's coming if you're tearing up the body. Point number two, what is gossip? Random House College Dictionary defines it this way. It says gossip is idle talk or rumor, about a person, or the private affairs of other people. These are times, of course, when truth about others, however harsh, there are times where that information has to be shared. You have to do it. We hope, of course, that those times are few and far between. We should always exercise great care in taking to someone else and talking to them about whatever the topic is, about a person who is not present. We need to really guard ourselves against that, that, if at all possible. There are two New Testament words regarding the sins of the tongue. The only difference between gossip and slander is one of degrees. Suppose you wanted To kill somebody. How would you do it? There's a lot of ways to do it, of course, as you know. You could take a shotgun, and you could walk right up to somebody with shotgun in hand and say, I'm going to kill you. And then you could just blow them away by the pull of the trigger. That is slander. Well, you could do it another way. You could get a rifle that has a scope on it, and you could put a laser involved in the scope, and you could attach a silencer to it, and you could hide yourself a half a mile away, and you could kill them long distance. They would never know what hit them. That's gossip. That's the difference. Well, number three, what do I do when I'm approached by someone that is gossiping, that is a serial gossiper? How do I respond to that? Well, you could say to the person who is gossiping, can I quote you on that? That always gives them a little pause. When you say that, could I quote you on that? Or you could say to the gossiper in the middle of his or her story about someone, do you know what I like the most about the person that you're talking about? And then you proceed to tell them what you like the most about that person. And then after you do that, you say to them, what do you like the most about the person that you were speaking of? That really puts a damper on uh, gossip. Then there's a third response. Have you talked to the person you are gossiping about about this situation? You know what kind of a response that is? That's the biblical response. That's the biblical response. Confront the person about it. Matthew 18, 15 says, Our first step, Where there is sin involved is to go directly to the person. Don't start talking about it in the town square. But go talk to the person that's involved. Talk to them. Confront them, if you will, about what's being said. Not gossip behind their back, as so many of us do. Number four, say as they are gossiping to you, say to them, how do you think we could help this person? What steps could we take that would really help this person? Number five, we could say, I'm feeling very uncomfortable in this conversation. You could say that. You know, that'll slow it down, I guarantee you. When you say that, it, they kind of start, hmm, They start thinking about it a little bit. Or the last one. If uh, so-and-so knew we were talking about them like this, it would really hurt their feelings. Have you ever used that one? That's a good one. I've told you a lot of stories about my mother. One of the most uh, famous ones is uh, this. Uh, she has heard this story many times uh, before she passed away, so it's, it's not gossip. <laughs> My mother lived in Chattanooga, and she would drive down to Florida, and she would go to see the relatives in Palatka first, and she would uh, talk to them, and she would happen to mention something that one of the other brothers or sisters in the family had said about them and she would say well now you know Harold uh, said this about you is that is that true and uh, you know of course the person would be offended and say well absolutely not it's not true and they'd talk about it for a while and then my mother would go to the next house on her tour through Florida to see all the relatives and she would say you know I've just been at Willa Dean's house and Willa Dean said this uh, about you is that Is that true? And, you know, Willa Dean would turn red and say, absolutely not. That's not true. And then she'd go on to the next house. And she'd say, you know, our family really is having a problem with some of the things that you're doing. And just kind of, you know, talk about that for a while. Well, by the time she got around to seeing everybody, she then would go out and get in her car and drive up toward Chattanooga smiling. And all the relatives in Florida would be so upset with each other they couldn't talk for six months. (laughs) Now, here's the unbelievable thing about what she would do. She would come down the next year and do the very same thing, and they all knew that that's what she was doing, but they would get mad anyway. (laughs) They just uh, kept it going. 1,500 years ago, there was a fellow named Pope Gregory the Great. He classified the sins that cause humanity to crumble and to stumble and to fall. He looked at every sin that was mentioned in the Bible and boiled them down to seven categories of sin. He had a list of seven sins, and he published it and kind of sent it around uh, to some of the other priests and some of the bishops and whatnot. Well, it became known as the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins are pride, anger, indifference, envy, greed, lust, and gluttony. Those are the seven deadly sins. Now, gossiping is not in there. It's not mentioned. But just because it's not on that list doesn't mean that it is not deadly. It is deadly. All the sins of the tongue are deadly. Profanity, insults, lying, negativism, complaints, criticism, all of those things are very, very hurtful when done appropriately. Gossip has destroyed more people, tarnished more reputations, broken up more friendships, and split more churches than any other thing. Gossip. Gossip is quickly told. It is quickly heard. It is quickly spread. And worst of all, gossip is quickly believed. Proverbs 18.8 says, The words of a gossip are like choice morsels, They go down to a man's inmost parts. Whether we admit it or not, we have a fascination with gossip. That's why on the radio and TV, they have talk shows. And guess what they do on the talk shows? They say, you know, we've heard this uh, from Hollywood. We don't know if it's true or not. We've heard this. And, of course, they say it to 25 million people. Uh, then you finish listening to the radio and go ahead and turn on the television, and it's uh, the Hollywood buzz, and it's who's doing what with whom. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And you say to yourself, uh, why uh, do they do that? I'll tell you why. Twenty-five million people want to hear it. That's why. That's why. You know, I am so tired. Uh, as you flip around on the stations, landing on that station where they're talking about the Kardashians. I don't care what the Kardashians are wearing. I don't care what angle you take the picture from. I don't care who they're going with, who they're dating, who they're divorcing. I don't care. But it's on all the time. You know why? 25 million people want to know why. That's why. They want to know all about it. And so... Tragically, these kind of things are increasing more than decreasing. It's a sad state of affairs. Have you been through the checkout lane at the grocery store? You know, right in front of you, while you're standing there, there's nothing else you can do, there are all these tabloids. And on the cover of the tabloid, there are at least five, perhaps nine, stories about somebody, and there's kind of a teaser line on the front page. And, of course, you want to grab it and buy it and pay for it so that you can find out the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. Well, they're very popular. Why is that? Because people buy them. That's why. Proverbs says, Gossip is like a tasty morsel that we learn to savor. Gossip is like a hot fudge sundae made with Blue Bell ice cream. (laughs) Gossip is like steak and lobster prepared to perfection. Gossip is like an all-you-can-eat buffet with a dessert bar just beyond that. We can't get enough of it. Ann Landers once wrote in her column, People of high intelligence talk about ideas. People of average intelligence talk about things. People with low intelligence talk about people. Now, where do you suppose we all are on that list? There are going to be times when we will have to speak about someone who is not present. We want to be real clear how we do that. May God help us to always speak of the person in the best possible light. You know, there's a way to present things. And if we can present it in the most gracious and loving way, that really helps the situation. May God put a watch on all of our tongues so that we may avoid the sin of gossip. Well, I know none of you do that. I'm afraid, actually, that a few of us do. And we want to work, work on it because it hurts our witness. Well, today, if you're here in the house and you have never trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior... We certainly want you to do that today. It's a matter of confessing your sins and placing your faith and trust in Christ as the master of your life. If you're here in the house, you've been visiting with us for a period of time, and you'd like to come and join our church, uh, you can do that. Today I want to mention the ways that you can do that. You can come and move your letter, or you can come by statement of your faith, And say, I would really like to be a part of a church that taught and preached the Bible. I'd like to be a part of a church that uh, has the the great hymns of the faith sung. Well, we would love to have you. You can come from uh, wherever. Some people say to me, Pastor, I can't join the church because I'm a member at so-and-so church up in Wisconsin or Nevada or California or somewhere. And I've been a member there all my life. And I certainly don't want to change my membership. My burial ground is there and all of that, so I I can't do it. Well, let me mention this to you. We have what we call an associate membership where you would come and join with us as an associate member. And there's a little piece of paper that we give you. And on that piece of paper, there's a line that says, uh, I would not like for you uh, to write my home church not notify them I don't want to be dismissed from the role there well you can do that all you have to do is check that block and of course they would never uh, be contacted in any way we want folks that are here in this area for two months five months eight months however long it is that you're here we want you to have a church home we want you to have some folks that are praying for you that will come see you when you're in the hospital, that will pray for you when something's wrong, that will love you while you're here and be family. I hope that many of you would come and join with us and serve the Lord while you're here with us. I pray that you would do that. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I'm going to stand right down here at the front. If the Lord leads today, you just slip out and slip forward and take a stand for him. May we stand together.